Hello, my name is Brandon, and welcome to The Bridge, a music podcast where me and my friend Zach discuss the latest albums and hopes to bridge fans to bands. I have uh, not a latte today. Today I have an Americana. Uh, what, are you, uh, what are you joining us with today? Uh, I've already drank three coffees today, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. green tea and honey. Okay, okay, okay. No, that sounds great. I think that's... Uh, uh, it will, if you've been having that many coffees today, we'll see how, how you are today. Um, we're covering an English duo, Sleaford Mods. Uh, a somewhat grime, a somewhat punk, somewhat hip-hop, somewhat electronic uh, album uh, <laughs> called Spare Ribs. Uh, and they're uh, pretty interesting, I would think. Very post, you know, they are the definition of the sort of post- music world or post-music landscape we currently exist in. Yeah, they kind of have this, this idea. They take these modern ideas and pull them da- down to like some of their basic building blocks and uh, rebuild from there. And uh, it comes to creating like a, a pretty interesting, uh, trancy, ranty, uh, leftist punk uh, album that is. It's kind of hard to, to really define. Yeah, you can't really define it because it's uh yeah, it's assembled from a number of different genres. The most uh, obvious being punk. Mm-hmm. Sort of like uh like, you know, uh punk from the mid to late 70s, UK mm-hmm. punk mm-hmm. and uh, electronic music. So from like the like yeah, the UK and eight like house music especially. A lot of the tracks they're not super climactic or anything like that, you know. Uh, the there's sort of just a, a beat and then there's a bit of an additive style where he adds you know synthesizer so on or in other cases they'll add uh, yeah they'll have a beat and then they'll add uh, yeah like a, 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 a guitar chords uh, and, uh, one of the main songs here has like a pretty nice little uh, bass line that's basically in the background I believe that was uh, shortcomings is what I'm thinking of but they add these little flourishes to the, the bass it's very minimalistic um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the structure, yeah, there's yeah, not yeah. a lot happening with the instrumentation on this album. Honestly, it's pretty forward. There's actually a lot of similarities with hip hop. I think with the mm-hmm. way that these uh, songs are structured, you know, you got this beat, and this guy is just kind of rinsing poetry over the top of it. Very like UK grime, which is kind of like their pseudo rap scene, hip hop scene there. Okay. Um, so I, I got a lot of that kind of like taste and flavor on this whole album where like they're kind of like living in this hodgepodge uh, musical center where they're kind of picking and pulling from a lot of little different areas and ideologies and, and they create this very unique sound that I think really caught my ears immediately. Yeah, well, why don't we anchor the band in a bit of context and maybe it'll clarify a little bit of what we're what we've said so far. Absolutely, go ahead. Yeah, okay, so like you said, this band is Sleaford Mods. The lyricist and singer is the crusty Jason Williamson, and the instrumentalist is Andrew Fan, instrumentalist D- DJ. Mm-hmm. And uh, they come from the Midlands in, in England. And so, uh, yeah, Jason Williamson has a very strong and stark Midlands accent that you would hear in that part of England. Very strong. And 
Yeah, it's very strong. And I looked into it a little bit, and there is sort of like a, a collection of bands from around the Midlands, mm -hmm. and they they do some they do something similar to what uh, Sleaford Mods do. One band in particular is called The Streets, and. Uh, Anyways, yeah, uh, there's one album, there's a live album by The Streets, and uh, there's a feature by Idols, who are a UK band, but they come from the South. I think they're from Bristol. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, for people who maybe have heard of Idols or, you know, some other bands from the UK, but then, yeah, no Sleaford Bods or The Streets, that's why they sound so different, because they come from the Midlands. They also include a fair amount of, would you say... A fair amount of uh, slang, like uh, a lot of jargon, a lot yeah. of slang, uh, colloquialisms. Like it's, it'll spin you around if you're not familiar with with these. Yeah, it's uh, you know, don't be surprised to hear the word wanker, or hear him pronounce shite instead of shit. These sorts of things, you know. Yeah, there's just there's a few there's a lot of like stuff that you'd have to kind of like Urban Dictionary. I would say. Well, yeah, for anyone who's not from the UK, uh, yeah, it can sort of th uh, throw you for a loop the first yeah. time around. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Uh, some of them are kind of familiar with in general. They're being more popular slang that I think is attributed to the to the English that you, you might be more familiar with. But then there's others that are uh, some more deep cuts that might be hard to unravel right away. You might not quite understand what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, so the album in general, uh, what what was your takeaway from the album? Uh, the the messages on the album, uh, yeah, what you thought of it overall? Well, before I listened to it, I had this expectation a little bit of, like, it was going to be, like, a post-punk band. It'd be a lot more groove with a little bit of an electronic flair. That's kind of what I was expecting going into this. I expected it to be a little abrasive. Because I had had heard with 20 seconds of like, I think it probably shortcomings. And it's kind of what piqued my interest and kind of directed me towards this just band. Before that, I had no idea these guys existed. Never heard of them before. They were uh, kind of like, their new release was coming out, looked into them, kind of how I... Can uh, I interject for a second? Just sure. uh, to let people know. This is their sixth release too, by the way. Yeah, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. My overall takeaway... I think we'll get to that. We'll get to that because it, it, it was a little lukewarm. Mm -hmm, yeah. There was a lot of barriers to entry. Yeah. Uh, and then once you got in there, there was a sweet spot of where everything was really hitting. And there's a lot of interesting ideas going on. It's very unique. And then there was the, the half-life came and things became a little more tedious to me and a little harder to... Uh, engage with especially on the instrumental side uh -huh, uh -huh. yeah it's a very stripped down minimalistic album as far as uh instru instru the instrumentals go right is intentional because it sort of elevates the lyrics as the centerpiece right and and that's kind of like the hip-hop structure where mm -hmm. like there's this bedding and then his rants i guess you want to say these poetic rants are on top of very leftist views, you know, anti uh, anti Brexit uh, kind of lyricism. Uh, that's kind of where that punk flavor comes in. A lot yeah, of punk uh, stances. 
I would say that uh, whether you're from the right or the left, nobody gets out of this album alive, really. He sort of takes a shot at everybody. He does, he does. There's a lot of, like, there's a quirkiness to this album and in his delivery and the way he he gets his message across. And maybe that's because of his thick accent. Yeah. It comes off that way. It also comes off, like, very... It's very endearing. I think I like the accent, and I think that kind of like makes it a little more endearing and me more accepting to it. But yeah, it's it, it came to a point where I really enjoyed certain songs, like uh, Mindy, like the Elocution, Mork and Mindy. I like Nudget, Shortcomings. Those were all like my top tracks, and I think that's where and Fishcakes. Those were the songs I felt um, they took their idea they didn't betray what they're trying to do but i think they were able to create more interesting and engaging song or soundscape within those songs where i Mm -hmm. think some other songs didn't quite like instrumentally pull through and weren't exactly super engaging or hooky like they, they didn't really catch my flavor but like his 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 delivery and his lyrics and his like passion and the the personality of it all was very engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get tired a bit of that electric bass in the background being very repetitive through the whole song. And it's just like it's times I was just like, this is there's not enough in this skeleton of minimalistic sounds to keep me super engaged. Uh, yeah, but there were the worst ones like Morgan Mindy, which uh, sounds. A little, a little bit like that Billy Eilish song, uh, "Bad Guy." That little uh, beat, okay. <laughs> that little melody that they do. I, I really think there's a similar. Yeah, uh, that, the the instrumentation on that track is very similar to um, uh, "Don't Write You." Also. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, well how, what did you expect when you were going into this album? Uh, I didn't know who the guys were, so I didn't really know what to expect. And so then I listened to it the first time, and it honestly was very different because it's so musically sparse mm-hmm. compared to most stuff that I listen to. And then I picked up on how they oscillate between these uh, punk sounds and then anchor everything in an electronic bass. And then they actually have um, like a promo on YouTube which okay. is essentially an interview of the band interwoven with a COVID-friendly live concert that they did. Okay. So, yeah, I sort of was able to get a better grip on the band after that. And during the live performance, Jason Williamson's doing his thing and, you know, spitting lyrics and uh, do, performing. And then Andrew Fern just has a laptop set up, and he's sort of like... Yeah, sort of, yeah bopping around in the background sort of like a groupie it's a little yeah. bit strange maybe it, if there was a, if there was an audience it would be a different but yeah it was a bit odd i think that's a, a calling card of his because i've i watched a few of the music videos and i watched them perform live uh in studio that might be what you're talking about yeah uh, okay and in, in all of these instances he just stands there and bobs his head i think it's kind of i like it's just kind of a poking fun, I guess, because all his work is is he creates the beat and stuff and like the music, and then he just hits a button and plays it, and you know he just kind of stands yeah. there, like you said, like a groupie. 
Um, but I think he owns it. I think it's, that's kind of it's kind of it's kind of funny, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was entertaining. Um, and then he just kind of lets the other guy go off on his impassioned uh, impassioned rants. Um, yeah. How did you feel about the, the minimal instrumentation? Because that's kind of where I had some of my hangups. Uh, I think with some tracks, it's just the yeah, the instrumentation is just too too sparse, you know? Right. Like, um, what are some tracks that you consider the uh, instrumentation to be too sparse? Even though I liked Shortcomings, that, that kind of like snare, electric, like electric bass beat, just kind of like got really grating near the end of it. Like the bass, like the, the bass itself, like the electric bass on the, on the song was a, kind of saves it a lot. It's like uh-huh. really, that's that really gummy part and really kind of uh, hooks hooks the song, but like the drum in the background really kind of great after a while. I thought stuff like out there and top room uh, didn't really pique my interest. All day ticket or thick ear, like they they kind of like pull back the instrumentation a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So uh, I had a different experience with out there, but uh, starting with. Sh- shortcomings yeah this track is essentially the first track on the album there's like a brief interlude that or not interlude but prelude that starts the that kicks the album off and then we get into shortcomings and very much uh, it announces what the band what the band is you know essentially you know sort of the spoken poetry slash rap because sometimes there's a rhyme scheme mm-hmm. and then this very yeah sparse instrumentation that either incorporates that always incorporates an electronic bass and then it'll add like hi-hats on it or and then maybe like some synthesizers and if it doesn't use uh, the synthesizers it'll use like a sort of it sounds like a, a like a rhythm guitar yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the shortcomings is the case where yeah it uses this uh, uh, these rhythm gu- guitar effects but yeah, the the instrumentation doesn't really develop. It doesn't really go anywhere. It uh, yeah announces itself very early in the song, and then it stays that way the whole way through. And then the best parts of the song are in the lyrics because uh, this is one of the strongest lyrical tracks, in my opinion. Okay. Because there's a lot of play on words, you know, and uh, yeah, he you know the track is called Shortcomings. And then he's oftentimes talking, uh, sort of the refrain of the song is, he's going to get on his knees, he's got shortcomings. And uh, it's this sort of uh, British wit, uh, you could almost say. Yeah, that, yeah. Saturates this song. That reminds me, I believe uh, when I was looking up some stuff, he's got a book of short stories. I think I've seen him reading some of the excerpts from it. And I think you can kind of tell that his writing is very, it's very skilled. It's very nuanced, um, and, and I think it would transfer pretty well to uh, short story writing. Uh, but this is one of the more cleverly written songs, I think. Uh, the chorus is pretty good. A lot of the uh, the wit in here, and again, there's a lot of like that thick jargon. It's very uh, endearing. I think. Uh, I think it helps grab attention. I actually, uh, I have to apologize. It, Out there was not one of those songs that I thought that. Uh, it was actually one of the first uh, songs instrumentally that I really uh, enjoyed and didn't think clashed very much with like kind of 
uh, what they're trying to do and what they're delivering. I, I like the uh, the distant bellowing drum and kind of like in, in that song. It's like it's not quite drum, but like there's like this distant sound that's kind of like very hypnotic and like in the background that I really enjoyed. Are you talking about shortcomings? No, I'm talking about out there. I was just saying how uh, I miss a misnamed that one that wasn't actually yeah. one of the ones i was talking about uh uh-huh. okay yeah well since you bring up uh, out there yeah why don't we bring it up because this is one of the in my opinion uh biggest biggest tracks on on the album it's essentially the track where he goes after all the pro brexiter uh, people yeah and mm-hmm. uh criticizes their anti-immigration stance musically like you were saying it has this really cool um it has this cool bass line it's sort of it's uh i don't know it's like almost you'd hear it late at a at a at a like a after hours nightclub or something i said it sounds i have written down it sounds opium injected if it sounds like you're listening to a song uh playing inside the club from outside the club yeah that's that like baseline kind of sounds a little hollowed out and like a little reverberated and it really comes out nice i i I thought it was one of the better uh, musical uh choices and soundscapes they went with on the album yeah yeah for sure it's uh yeah it's one of my favorite uh, tracks instrumentally to go back to the lyrics i should we should also mention that this album it's very much it's very explicit there's a (laughs) Yeah, a lot of profanity. This track in particular has one of the more crass images on the whole album. This this image of of the horse, and uh, I won't go any into any further gory details. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let the let the listeners more but curiously lead them down the, and find it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if you do check out the album, uh, yeah, you've been warned about out there. Uh, so did you uh, come away positively feeling on this album? Uh, for me, it's, it's it's hard to say because the album is not like an album I would go to. It's mm-hmm. not an album I'm going to probably listen to from front to back again. But mm-hmm. there's certainly a couple of songs that I'll probably keep in my rotation at least for the next little while. Right. And I also feel bad saying that, oh, you know, I wouldn't go back to the album because, in my opinion, it's uh, paced very well. Even mm-hmm. though uh, the instrumentation doesn't always please me, it does have, they're, they're very aware about having sort of more punkish instrumentation. And then they, yeah. and then they change speeds and then they go really deep into the, like, the deep house sound that is on out there, for instance. Right. The, uh, I didn't come away negative. I think there's actually a lot of a good handful of songs off of this album that are really good. And I think encapsulate the sound that they want to have. I just don't think it's consistent through the album. I think there's a little bit of, of the sound and ideas wearing thin by the end of the album. Two examples that I'll throw out are top room and all day ticket. Those mm-hmm. songs, they're just so cut down. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's it annoys me, you know. Mm-hmm. They're just hard skips for me. I just I would I just don't want to listen to them. Nothing was super hard skip, but like also uh, they didn't really like they don't motivate re-listens for me. I think mm-hmm. I walk away from this album 
picking cherry picking a few songs and put them in a playlist here and there. And I think I'd be pretty happy with those songs. Um, yeah. They definitely like deliver on them. And like it, 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 this album kind of made me want a little more and maybe to go back through the back catalog a bit and figure out where like they're kind of like magnum opus is. Because I, well, there's, a, there's a sound here and an idea here that I think is really, really interesting and, and really compelling. Uh, I just don't think they always pull it off to its peak potential. Well, what, what track would you say is the peak track on the album for you? Uh, maybe Nudge It. Nudge It, okay. Maybe Nudge It or Mork and Mindy. I um, have, yeah, Mork and Mindy as being the, being the, the pinnacle right, of that, right. which is appropriately placed sort of in the middle. Right, right. Uh, I think this also is like their biggest hit song. Um, uh, when you go to Spotify, it's like their number one. And I think when I was reading up about it, it's like it's charting in uh, in Britain. So this is like I think the the song they're kind of universally like writing. Yeah, and it's a it's a, it's a sort of a sad song. I think it's about Williamson's childhood and mm-hmm. growing up in a broken family and sort of in the suburbs of a working class working class house. And there's this really sad uh, image that the song ends on. He refers to dying dandelions and bumblebees, and it's sort of like this barbed vision of uh, of yeah, an idyllic existence. I, I was a big fan of like their their features uh, um, on the two yeah. tracks that they go with features, which one of them is more community and the other one is Nudget. I, I thought she added a lot to diversity of the of of the album. Billy uh, Normanders. Uh, on this uh, track, I think she adds a lot. Just having like someone sing uh, an aspect of the song, uh, a new voice, you know, and then there's a lot more space on this track. I think that kind of takes away some of my issues where like there's a lot more variety in the instrumentation because there's like singing, you know, that's like mm-hmm. another layer. Um, yeah. And then it's someone that's not his voice, you know. Uh, same thing with Amy Taylor, which uh, I thought was kind of cool because she was uh, featured on the last album we covered. That's the same singer who uh, sung the uh, "In Spite of Ourselves" with uh, Viagra Boys. Okay, really? Okay. Yeah. Let's see. She's from. Uh, she's an Australian. So this song is pretty interesting. Nudget is who I'm talking about now. It's kind of interesting because she's an Australian, and uh, they're very thick uh, British. So like, uh, they're both on the same song, and it's like a very. It's like. Uh, tickling my ears a little bit uh, for both these accents to be so uh, prevalent on the song. Uh, yeah, there's a nice, there's a nice harmony on this song because they both sing at the at the same time towards the, towards the end. It makes a really nice harmony. Right, right, and, and and that's not betraying the sound they're going for, but also like adding a little bit, a little flourish on top of it to like keep the idea fresh and moving. And that's where I would like to see a little bit more on some other tracks. So mm-hmm. I think Nudge It and Mark Mindy are examples of like peak versions of this idea, which is very unique. Like mm-hmm. it's not something I would be able to compare to initially. Like I said, there's a little bit of a hip hop uh, flair going here with the structure, with mm-hmm. the kind of the ranting and the poetics over top, even though it's not a lot of rhyme schemes. There's a lot of like wordplay. Mm-hmm. 
which you would see. Yeah. And there's definitely like that grime influence that a European hip hop, even though that's not quite the one one to one comparison, but that's kind of like Stormzy in that. And I can definitely hear like a bit of flavor of that on, on these tracks. So like while this is like punk electronic, I think it's defined as on like Wikipedia. I think that sells it a little short. Uh-huh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh I think this the the genre is a bit more complex and I think this album is worth listening to to experience the sound because I think this is unique and I think that um people who are looking for a new unique sound or interested in that kind of culture I think will find a lot of interest on this album uh, in in spite of some of its flaws because I think it's a very personality chock full brimming with uh, personality I would say yeah, it's like a it's like a working class man's album, you know. It's like an album sang by like a street fighting man, like just somebody you find out on the streets. And I think that I've read a quote somewhere uh, that Williams had said, uh, you know, he doesn't swear on the album for the sake of profanity; he just swears because that's how that's how he speaks, anyways. Yes, and and that comes off a lot in his writing with a lot of colloquialisms and and jargon and stuff. It's a lot of like. He's writing, well, he's got a very poetic writing, but it's also grounded in this very urban language. And sort of like what you would imagine uh, someone who lives in the Midlands in England or living in an industrial town, that's how they would speak. It's uh, very authentic in that sense. And so for someone, especially like you and me, who yeah d- don't come from uh, the UK, Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's sort of one of the more endearing and sincere parts of the album. Absolutely, I, I would agree with that. that. That being said, and sort of to build on what you were saying about Nudge It, uh, yeah, sort of living up to the reputation of Brits, the album is pretty chatty, you know? It's really lyrically dense, which mm-hmm. can be fatiguing at times, especially when there's not a catchy hook or the... Yeah, the group doesn't really seem like they're totally hung up on using courses all the time. Some some tracks don't have a course. Um, not, some tracks don't. Some do. And they are pretty interesting when they do, do have them. I think their chorus work is pretty decent. It's not like a bubblegum pop chorus. Mm-hmm. But like they got these mantras they repeat a lot. It, it kind of adds to a little bit of the hypnotic trance of the instrumentation at times. The ability to just keep talking and keep ranting and keep going. It, there's a little bit of a trance hypnotic feature to some of these tracks. Yeah, well, uh, Don't Rate You would probably be like a great a great example of what you're talking about, which is the penultimate song on the on the album. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, he has this uh, verse that he reiterates, sort of that functions as a course, I Don't Rate You. And essentially he's talking about not being prejudiced towards towards people, you know? That song, it's got a lot, it's sort of, in my opinion, perhaps the most dense, most complex track uh, on the album musically. Mm -hmm. And incorporates hi-hats, it has sort of muffled bass line, it uses synthesizers, it sort of brings everything all together. And then the synthesizers add this texture that he plays with throughout the song. Right, that that was definitely one of the songs that like trance moment where like I stopped hearing the lyrics and all together. And it's just kind of like, we're just in this little zone with like head bobbing. 
Yeah, in my opinion, nudge it out there and don't write you are mm-hmm. probably my favorite tracks on the album. However, mm-hmm. you said you liked Elocution as well. I which like I, and it is a good song, but maybe you can uh, yeah, explain a little further. Elocution, I, I enjoyed his the, the message in that song. Like He's not a big fancy talker. That's kind of like the whole idea is that he's this uh, elegant speaker or anything, but you know, he he does his thing. I I like the minimal rhythms on here, the groove and bass line and electric drum. The chorus here is strong. It was just a it was a nice three minute song, you know. It was just kind of like it, it hit nice beats. It did well with the ideas they were doing. I think it uh, was one of the higher delivering tracks here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely one of the more sparse tracks. Like it really emphasizes his voice the lyricism which you know sort of fits the theme of the song i guess in a way elocution mm-hmm. um but yeah like you said the song's about uh yeah how he doesn't sound like somebody from oxford who wears tails when he goes out to a cocktail party in the evenings or whatever right. so how did you how would you say you came away from this album how how would you kind of recommend this to to people who are listening it's sort of hard to say who would yeah, who this album is made for. Uh, you could say, like, yeah, if you characterize the album as being a part of this rap tradition in the UK that I'm not so yeah. well aware of. Yeah, the grime is a new kind of emerging music that you'll hear from people like Stormzy, who was a big name in that genre. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, bits taken from that, I think. there. I think there's a bit of inspiration here. It's not quite rap, and it's not quite hip-hop in the sense that you might be more familiar with, but the structure of the songs kind of fit in there. The heavy lyricism, um, it's more poetic than, than rhyme schemes. They're kind of like cousins. Mm-hmm, okay, yeah. If I was going to recommend it to anybody, if you're into, like, yeah, old school UK punk like Sex Pistols. Uh, who else? The Ramones. Check them out. I think the if you're a fan of like the Viagra Boys and Idols and that we were mentioning last week, uh, in that kind of like uh, UK punk scene that's currently going on there, I think these guys are an interesting corner in that. Yeah. that I think is very uh, will have a lot of merit to listening to. I think this is is a band. I think everyone should definitely give it a listen. You know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not promising you that you're going to walk away from the album uh, in love, but I think you'll come away definitely having experienced something you hadn't experienced before. Well, they're representative of a scene, you mm-hmm. know, the Midland scene, like the North Northern England scene. Right. And so I think that that's sort of where, yeah, the value lies in checking out the band, especially if you're coming from outside the UK. Because even looking at um, looking at the statistics on Spotify, the they don't seem like they've sort of crashed the American shores yet. Everyone that no. seems to be listening are in the UK or in continental Europe. That's kind of an issue for a lot of these grime-ish bands as well. There's a lot mm-hmm. of those um, British rappers who are actually struggling a lot to also do that. There's definitely like kind of a conflict there, and I'm I'm curious why. Western listeners are so apprehensive. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to say, but you know, in a way, if these guys sort of bumped up the instrumentation a little bit, I think it would maybe appeal to especially people in the in the states and in Canada a little bit more. You know, it's because it's, it's very unique what they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't want to like 
over ad because I think they'll take away a bit from the minimalism. For sure. Some better sounds, a better soundscapes, a few better hooks with the with the drums. A little more elaborate here and there. Uh, it's just a little sprinkles here and there. I think would do a lot. I don't think it needs to be an overhaul. No, no, definitely not. But you know, sort of dial back a little bit on the density of the lyrics, and and then add that to to the instrumentation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think yeah, it would uh, yeah, it would improve their sound. Right. You need to add a little bit of salt to the to the soup, is what I think these. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good metaphor. What would you rate this album? So it's a little bit hard to say because it's it's one of those albums where it deserves a certain score, but then my personal score is lower. So how about you give me both? You're kind of more subjective and you're more objective. Okay, so my personal score would be more in the six range. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, it's not an album that I'm going to return to. Honestly, it's a, it's an album where I'm going to probably listen to the three tracks that I listed mm-hmm. uh, just a few moments ago. And then, yeah, forget the rest. However, as an album, it has a very clear narrative. I like the lyrical ideas on it. I like the wordplay. So the writing is A+. And then the instrumentation, I mean, there's there's good ideas, but it's just it's too sparse. And But also, like I said earlier... At the same time, the band paces the album instrumentally very well, mm-hmm. and so for that reason, I'd have to at least I'd have to give it a seven. You know, it's it's a, it's better than yeah a fair number of albums. I was thinking we might not agree this week um, coming into this. They they kind of won me over over the last day and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, my first few listens were kind of struggling and i was i was kind of hovering around a five honestly you know uh but i think that's too low and i think i match your your sentiment with like the six to seven range Um, yeah i think the uniqueness kind of buffs it a bit for me it towards like the seven but uh some of my issues and critiques kind of bring it down to like that mid-range so like a 6.5 you know if we're gonna Add some decimals in here. It's kind of the range I'm feeling. So I agree with you, actually. So I think that's a little surprising. I thought you might take to this a little more than I did. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just it, the album, even though it's only 41 minutes or 42 minutes, it sort of feels long, you know, like toward after a while, I'm sort of waiting for it to end. Yeah. And it's because they're like, again, the instrumentation doesn't switch up enough to like keep you really in there the whole time and uh-huh. the lyrics are really dense as well so there's a lot of like that kind of homework especially because sometimes it's hard to understand what he's saying because the accent is thick to uh-huh. uh, western listeners and there's a lot of jargon you might not understand as well uh, a lot of political uh the political environment is also probably one you're not familiar with there's a lot of like the political jargon there as well um so it can be a little it can add to length a little bit or feel longer because there's more uh, check-in lyrics and a little more homework is along with the album. So I think that makes it feel a little bit longer. I think the same thing happened with Brass, where Brass felt a little longer because mm-hmm. of how much like lyrical content you, uh, content you had to uh, engage with. Yeah, I agree. And the, But at the same time, the, their sound is so unique. 
Mm-hmm. That you you can't give it a five. Like it's it's above no. above average album. You know they're really carving space in the music landscape. They they know what they're doing, and I think a lot of these critiques that we have with the instrumentation are very conscious and intentional choice by mm-hmm. them. Um, I just doesn't. I don't think that necessarily pans out the way they want it to. Sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I wish there was almost more ideas. Right. Because they've only, yeah, their first record came out, I think, in 2011 or 2012. And they're, they've already got six records out. Like, why don't you just pump the brakes a little bit and maybe flesh out some more of your ideas? Right, right. I think yeah. there, there could be. But uh, on this album alone, is, as, uh, as we're reviewing, I think the, it, there's a bit more that needs to be added. There, like I said, the little bit of salt to the soup needs to be, needs to be put in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So next week, we haven't quite decided on our next album, but uh, we'll be looking into it. Every Friday, new albums are dropping. I'm listening to a lot of singles more than I used to. Uh, I'm kind of getting a little more of an ear for the what's coming down the pipe. I'm excited about a few albums. I Go typically ahead. don't listen to singles, but I have to agree that uh, it does make me excited for upcoming records. Mm-hmm. I also hate this, um, you know, there's sort of this idea now where people are just releasing songs, a couple songs here, a couple songs, just drop a track, and re- and then it takes forever to get an album, and it's just, uh, it bums me out a little bit. Right, right. When you see the trailers, you want to know what's coming yeah, within a month, you know? Yeah. That, that's, uh, that's true. Uh, I think at some bands, you know, if you're kind of stuck with certain labels, you need to definitely release singles. I think a lot of bands are kind of in that marketplace. They do need to find and put their music out and get it on playlists and stuff. So I can't blame them too much. No, I get it. But uh, as a as a listener, I, I'm I just I love an album, you know. Mm, absolutely, I yeah. agree. I agree. I'm an album listener, but not everyone is. So it's kind of interesting to sometimes judge uh, albums based on uh, marketing strategy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that will be it for this week, I believe. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, next week we'll be back again. You know, I say listen to, listen to Spare Ribs, I would say. Yeah, check it out. At least the uh, the songs that we mentioned specifically and sort of uh, went deep on. I think you, you listen to it a track or two, one of the singles, something, one of the music videos. I think you'll get an idea if you're going to like it or not. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, t- dip your toe in. I'd say Nudge It or Mork and Mindy's, I think we both agree, probably the best entry points. They're probably like the peak of the ideas. Give, give those a try. Maybe walk away with a few few songs for your playlist. I think that's the best spot for the uh, for this album. The guy, Jason Williamson, the lyricist, uh, you'll hear his voice, but if you go and check out their YouTube channel or whatever, he's got this perpetual look on his face like, he's con- like he doesn't understand what you're saying. Like he just looks like- <laughs> constant state of contrary confusion Mm -hmm. i was listening to a little bit of an interview he's having for about uh, 15 minutes where he was just going along about the political environment and about not voting and feeling uh helpless in the vote yeah he he's a political dude he's got a lot to say he's he's a good writer he's a compelling speaker i'm interested in hearing the next project i think because I think there's there's definitely places to go here. Yeah, I'll definitely check out their next record. I just hope they give it some time, you know? Like, in the oven a little longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll see you next week. 
and uh, we're going to talk about our next album. Looking forward to 